0: This is Adam Thielen, and you listen to the Wobcast hosted by Wobby. Cousins pressure, hit as he throws, going for Thielen. He's got it! Waiting for a single touchdown! Oh my! <laughs> That's awesome, man. The crowd going nuts for an Adam Thielen touchdown. Cousins and Thielen hooking up, scoring touchdowns all the time. Hey, everyone, it's the Wobcast. I'm your host, Mike Wapshaw. Thanks for listening, coming to you from TCO Performance Center in Egan, joined, as always, by co-host and producer Chris Corso. And we're coming to you today. Um, we got We just feel weird, right? Is that the right word? It's a weird Monday. Yeah, we feel weird. And it's okay if you feel weird as well, because uh, your team was staring at a really disappointing loss, staring it right in the teeth at, like, two. I don't know, 2.30, 2.35 p.m. Central time on Sunday. It was like, dang, we're going to lose this game. We're down 20-7. to 7. We thought we were going to win this game because Rodgers is banged up and we have a rock star team. whole, oh, but Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, and Stephon Diggs turned it on. 22 points in the fourth quarter, a ferocious and dramatic comeback to tie the game, and the game, of course, ends in a tie. So, um, you know, look at it this way, at, at 2.30 or 2.15 – the score was 20-7, to we would have taken a tie for sure.
1: A hundred percent. That first half was like a polar opposite of the second half. So
0: so I'm just trying to help help everyone feel a little better um, about this tie. We get a half a win. That's how you look at it in the standings. A tie is a half a win. And uh, and as Zim has said a couple of times, much much better than a loss. I, I know this feels like a loss, but believe me, if we would have lost the game, you would not be feeling this way. You'd be feeling worse. And um, so anyway, uh, it's cool that we staged that awesome comeback Oh, yeah. we're, we're going you're gonna need to do that again this year. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm just I, I know that we like to think it's gonna be you know a perfect world and we're gonna have leads all the time. No, you're gonna have to come back. That's right. Now we know we can do it. Uh, so that's cool. So we're going to talk about the game and a lot more, including some roster moves that the Vikings made here uh, early in the week. But first, we're going to get you to our guest. It's offensive lineman Brian O'Neill, who was thrust into action at Lambeau Field. He gets his first NFL action in the regular season on the road at Lambeau Field in the middle of the game he doesn't get to prepare as the starter and warm up and go through it he's got to just go in the game because Rashad Hill went down late in the third quarter Brian O'Neal comes in and I studied before this interview Chris I watched all of his plays back and I thought he I thought he played really well and uh, and that's why I wanted to have him join the Wobcast so uh, we caught up with Brian O'Neill earlier in the week and uh, we want to share our conversation with Brian O'Neill with you right now Lambeau Field man what'd you think
2: You know it was a it was a great environment. Um, Thought thought we battled really hard. Obviously not the outcome we wanted. Um, You just you always you put so much into it, uh, and you play the game to win. So anytime you don't win, you're a little bit disappointed. But um, thought we battled hard, and um, that's we got next week. We got this week to prepare for.
0: Yeah, you know when when you're going through this for your your first year in the league, you know you said we put so much into it, and I assume you're talking about the preparation for the game, right? Um, is that something that has, that has kind of struck you about playing in the NFL? Not that you didn't know it was coming, but you're going through it now and all of the work and preparation that so many people put into it. Does that strike you?
2: Yeah, um, it definitely does, yeah. 100%. I think um, I kind of mentioned it to somebody after the game, is that uh, the details and the looks we prepared for in practice was exactly what we saw when I was out there in the game. Um, and the, the looks that we saw were so specific to what we wanted to try to do. Mm-hmm. Um, in the game that when you're out there and bullets start flying, you're kind of like, okay, this is what we prepared for. Um, And we went in with a specific plan during the week and worked on specific things and um, really got after it, and that allowed us to kind of be able to play free
0: um, in the weekend. I I mean, um, you know, protection was good, and that Green Bay defense has a lot of good athletes on it, and Green Bay was at home, which is always an advantage for the defense, and it looked like the offensive line as a group played pretty well. Thanks. I mean, I think there's always
2: a million details you got to try to fix and uh, get better at and that's definitely true. Um, You know, after looking at the tape, there's a lot of things we can get better at and, um, you know, we got to keep pushing this thing forward and continue to improve on the details because those details that, um, you know, you might let something slide here or there, um, those details are what's going to help us win games down the road. So being able to be as fundamentally sound and pay as much attention to detail as we can every day in practice hopefully will help us.
0: You know this this Vikings offense has a lot of playmakers on it and we saw that um, at Lambeau Field the other day. Is it a kind of fun to sit back and take it all in and watch it when it's over and you got Diggs and Thielen and Kirk and everyone just doing their thing out there and, and to be a part of that and to see it up close it's got to be pretty cool.
2: Yeah I mean a little bit I think you know I try not to get caught up in the big picture it's more just uh, what can 75 do to help the Vikings yeah. win, and how can I do my job the best that I can do? Um, but, you know, after that feeling um, touchdown, I, we kind of saw it on the big screen. I was like, whoa, yeah. that's impressive. That's an impressive throw an impressive catch. So uh, hats off to those guys.
0: It's amazing how uh, how much goes into it, you know. The protection's got to be there. Uh, the receiver's got to run a great route. The quarterback's got to make the right throw. Coach D. Filippo's got to make the right call. It's amazing how much goes into it, you know.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think just it's easy when 11 guys are worried about focusing on their job. Yeah. You know, I, if I do my job, that gives somebody else a chance to have success. If Kirk does his job, that gives somebody else a chance to have success. If Adam does his job, it gives the team a chance to have yeah. success. So I mean, that's the kind of mindset uh, we try to have is to do our job to the best of the ability, and uh,
0: best of our ability, hopefully good things will happen. All right, man. Appreciate your time. Now you got to get ready for the bill, so go do that, okay? Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. All right, so O'Neill gets his first action in the game at Lambeau Field, a tie with the Green Bay Packers, a tie because the Vikings uh, missed three field goals, including two in overtime. Chris and um, and kicker Daniel Carlson was the subject of one of the two roster moves the Vikings made on Monday.
1: That's right, Daniel Carlson gets waived today by the Vikings. Tough, tough to see, tough to to have to move on from a from a kicker like that um, that you drafted in in this year's draft, but deal was uh the deal was done Zimmer made the move and uh in that deal we sign a wide receiver another another option for the Vikings Aldrick Robinson Mm -hmm. um he fills that roster spot he has seven years experience in the league um a player that's been around a player that's been a teammate of Kirk Cousins with the Washington Redskins in 2012 and 2013 so he's got some a familiar target with Robinson which is really cool. Um, In 2017 Robinson saw action in 16 games and one start for the 49ers in San Francisco. He had 19 receptions for 260 yards and two touchdowns. Um, He's a 5'10 wide receiver, 187 in weight. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's a quick guy and a veteran obviously being around for seven years. So another, uh, another option for the Vikings as a target who I mean, we saw the way Laquan Treadwell played. He had, a, he had a touchdown early on and then a few drops there, so it's good to to add depth to this position.
0: Um, yeah, a couple things about him. Um, he's got a reputation as a speed guy, so that's cool. And uh, he's been teammates with Kirk Cousins before Yep. in Washington. They were teammates in 2012 and 2013. He is from – I'm going to try and say this now.
1: Uh, Go ahead. Let's All hear right. it.
0: I, I heard that New York accent right there. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead he said um comes out I, love now it, now I love it, it. man no, i love it i like it um <laughs> waxa waxa chi waxa chi texas yeah that's a tough one waxa chi waxa hachi I I so <laughs> I, I hope we got some texas people listening and i want emails or tweets from y'all telling me how to say it give me Yo. the pronunciation okay um, I have a weird last name Wobshall. People get it wrong all the time. I'm from Wasika. People get that wrong all yeah, the time. I, think I said so, or... There you go. Yeah. So I get it. Um, I we may have pronounced it wrong. We may have butchered it. So we want to know how to say it. So I mean, we're going to ask Aldrick. I mean, so yep. uh We'll get it right eventually. But we want you guys to email us. Okay. Uh, enough about that. Welcome Aldrick Robinson. Hope he can make some plays for us. Let's talk about this Packers Vikings game. Yeah, Chris, Sunday at Lambeau Field. The weird game that we tied.
1: Big stat from this game. That's what I wanted to lead with here. Oh, yeah, what do you got? Before we get to your takeaways, the last Vikings quarterback to throw for 400 yards Mm -hmm. in a game, who who do you think it was? I mean, you see it right here. I I would
0: have guessed Dante Culpepper, Yep. uh, but then someone asked me this and, and I thought about it. I would have thought it was the Baltimore Ravens game for Favre in 09. Yep. But he actually did it after that. That's right. It was later in the season.
1: He did it against the Arizona Cardinals on November 7th, 2010. Brett Favre was the last one to throw for over 400 yards. Kirk Cousins does it in his first game at Lambo with the Vikings. Um, 425 yards, 85 yards in that in that overtime. Uh man, he he really turned it on 22 points like you said in the fourth quarter. That's I mean well, what more could, he's a he, stud. could he have done anymore? No, he's a, mean, stud. a stud. Our quarterback is a stud. The Captain Kirk bandwagon, I've, I'm on it. I'm riding shotgun. I don't <laughs> even know. I'm in. He's a stud.
0: I'm um, in. We have a stud at quarterback, and. Um, that was actually uh, my uh, my number two takeaway in the five takeaways from the Vikings tied to Green Bay, which is on vikings.com. Every game, um, I write a five takeaways article right after the game, win or lose. And uh, and this was number two, Cousins turns it on at Lambeau Field. You know, I thought in the first half, uh, when I was writing this, Chris, you know, I thought it was kind of pedestrian or mediocre in the first half. Yep. Then I went back and watched it again. He was actually pretty good in the first half, too, yep. but he was really good in the second half. Um and, um, you know, I, he was 35 of 48 for the game, which is, like, a really good percentage. But it, it, there was a, a couple of drops in there, and, yep. like, it was even better than that. It was like he was more like 40 of 48, really, because he was throwing some catchable passes that just weren't caught. Four touchdowns, passer rating of 118.8. And, um, and, again, just like we saw with San Francisco, the touchdown passes were absolute dimes. Dimes. And the two-point conversion throw.
1: Oh my God! It was like perfect. I mean, there was no way that how does the defender even get in the way of that throw? It was perfectly yeah. thrown. Great the route.
0: It, the oh. interception wasn't his fault. Like Laquan dropped two. I thought the interception wasn't his fault. Yep. Also a Laquan tip. Like he, he was like 40 or 41 out of 48 for catchable passes, really, at the end of the day.
1: He was like 8 for his first 8, I think. I think he was 8 for 8 yeah, to start the yeah, game.
0: Yeah, he, yeah he, he was very good. He turned it on at Lambeau Field. Of course, uh, his top two targets for the day, uh, Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, who combined for 21 catches for 259 yards and three touchdowns. That's pretty good. Now, in the mailbag this week, someone was like, they're the best duo in the league, right? And I'm like... I mean, like, Odell Beckham Jr. is so good. So anyone he's with is in the conversation. Same for Antonio Brown. Anyone he's with. If he's with Chris Corso, that that tandem's in the conversation. I kind of like that combo. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Um, I think Julio Jones is really good. So, I I don't – I mean, I think we're splitting hairs here, and then you start – it sounds like you're criticizing another duo when you take digs and – so that's not the point of the conversation. I'm glad they're, they're my duo. Yep. That's all I'm going to say. And I'll take them against any secondary in the league. And um, you know, and, and I'll take my chances with Diggs and Thielen. So um, that is actually a good, good time to point out these two stats for Diggs and Thielen. With a touchdown, Chris, against Buffalo, yep. Stephon Diggs can do something that only Vikings Hall of Famers Chris Carter and Randy Moss have done, catch a touchdown in six straight games. Randy Moss actually did it. Ten straight games. Wow! From 2003 to 2004, and seven straight games in 1998. Chris Carter had seven straight games with a touchdown in '99, and six straight games with a touchdown from '96 to '97. Stephon Diggs can join that elite club. Chris Carter and Randy Moss with a touchdown catch against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. Adam Thielen has gone for 100 plus yards in five of the past ten regular season games, including two straight this season. Four is the team record, been done four times, Um, uh, four straight 100-yard games. Adam Thielen has two straight and five of the last 10 games he's gone for 100-plus. So our wide receivers, they wail. They're awesome. Uh, Number three, uh, takeaway that I want to talk about here, um has to do with our guest from today Brian O'Neill I thought he played really well uh, and I talk a little bit more about it in this week's pick six which is gonna uh which is going to be up shortly if it's not already um, if you look at the 75yard touchdown pass from cousins to Diggs Chris uh, Brian O'Neill and Mike Remmers passed off a stunt did a really good job and then on Adam thielen's 22-yard touchdown um Brian O'Neill handles Clay Matthews and just that's, like told him to just go away, just shoot, that's awesome. get out of here, Clay. Yeah, um, I led the five takeaways with something that Mike Zimmer always talks about. Zim Chris always talks about the fight and the workmanlike attitude that his team has, right? That's for sure. They put that on display in the second half at Lambeau Field. I mean, the Green Bay Packers should have won the game. They you know, should have won the
1: game they, in the third quarter.
0: Yeah, the, the Packers played great. They played, um, you know, they played uh, – given Rodgers' limited mobility and all that, they had a great game plan. I mean, yep. they, they had a 20-7 to 7 lead, and, and they should have won the game, but uh, the Vikings just kept making play after play after play to stay alive. And, uh, and I thought the Vikings really showed a lot of grit. So that was, uh, that was really good to say. And just like we talked about at the top where the Vikings had this furious comeback, uh, the Vikings show this grit, they're going to need to do that again. We're, gonna, we're at L.A. That could be a game that gets a little dicey. Uh, we're at Philadelphia. That can get a little dicey. Tough opponents. You gotta have that grit and that toughness and that tenacity, and the Vikings showed that. So um, I thought that was really encouraging. And and listen, this is a bottom line business. You want to win games. This this is about winning. So you don't want to get too happy with yourself when you don't win. Um, you know, but but the Vikings there, there was some, some positive uh, out of that Absolutely. game you know um, they, they got a tie when it looked like uh, all, all they could do was lose the game so uh, not all bad coming out of that game against the Green Bay Packers and, and make no mistake about it when we get into November and December and we're looking at playoff standings division standings wild card standings the Vikings and the Packers both will be glad that that's a tie and not a loss uh, because that's a half of a win and uh, it, does, it does make for some complicated tie-breaking scenarios, but those are fun to get into. We always get into those late in the season. And I have a feeling that this Vikings-Packers tie is going to factor in. Also, the fact that we tied this week, how big does that make the next Vikings-Packers game?
1: Oh, my God. It's, it's huge. <laughs> yeah. Huge, you know. and it's and it's in our building. So.
0: Yeah, that is good on a Sunday night. All right, you got some numbers of note or stats that stood out?
1: Yep, we're going to hit some stats here. This is an article that our Craig Peters does on Vikings.com. Um, his first stat that stood out was Cousins connects with Thielen and Diggs when it counts. We hit on this just before, but another stat here, nine for nine, Cousins was, for 160 yards and three touchdowns in that last quarter. I mean, he maxed out his NFL passer rating. Um, we yes. talked about what he did in the game. We talked about the touchdowns to Thielen and Diggs. I mean, every time you could have counted the Vikings out when the game seemed to be over, they came up with a big play. I mean, I watched this game as a fan from my apartment. I wasn't at Lambeau, and I was screaming like you couldn't even imagine on every one of these. I thought the game was over, and yeah. all of a sudden, that catch to Thielen that we led the show with. I mean, yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah. You have to be kidding. I mean, that ball, like, tipped two different defenders, and Thielen kept like <laughs> his concentration and pulls that. I mean, that was one of the most amazing Game. It wasn't a game tying touchdown because we needed the two point conversion. Yeah. Um. But that was one of the most amazing throws and catches combo that I've seen in a really long time.
0: I I just thought of this. Can you play the highlight right now? All right. Like without playing the whole intro, can you just play the highlight? I only have it as the intro. Okay. Can you can you put it in? Can you edit it and put it in? Yeah. Okay. All right. Can you play the highlight right now? Just take a listen. Here's what I want you to listen to. Listen to the crowd. Because this is this is not from our home game against San Francisco, this is from the game at Lambeau Field. Listen to this highlight. Cousins pressure, hit as he throws, going for feeling. He's got it. Waiting for a single touchdown. Oh my! Okay. I know we hear all the time Packers fans coming to the US Bank Stadium. There's so many Packers fans in our building. Really? Are there? And they're not no, there are a lot of Vikings fans in Lambeau that Field. This
1: went insane. You would have thought that was a home game. It blew up. I mean you hear it. I I think the Packers fans were amazed with that play.
0: Yeah. Vikings fans go to Lambeau Field in as large a numbers as as Packers fans come here. So I don't want to hear it anymore. Did, I mean, listen to that highlight. It was insane. That sounds like it was a home game.
1: It was unbelievable. I know Stefan Diggs did his first Lambo leap on his first touchdown, and he got... He got shoved away by a couple of Packers fans, but then he came, comes back, and and has a 75-yard touchdown, and looks at those fans in the face, and he, yeah. and you could see it on the TV broadcast. He's screaming at them, "I here I am again!" And then he gets another two-point conversion in that same yeah. spot. The I mean,
0: Vikings fans showed up, man, at Lambeau Field. And they 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 came in there and they were loud, and they were doing skull chant. Uh, one of my favorite parts was the Packers were 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 on offense, and the skull chant starts breaking out, and. Uh, and then the Packers started booing it because a skull chant was going on, and Aaron Rodgers is like trying to calm everyone down. <laughs> so like the Vikings fans baited the Packers fans into being loud.
1: It's unreal. While their
0: offense was on the field, but and I'm not I'm not ripping Packers fans. Actually, when you're at Lambeau Field, Packers fans are r- super nice. Are they? Yes, yes, they're awesome. That's they are very hospitable there. Uh, very friendly. My wife went to the game. She's like, these these people are so nice here. They're like welcoming us. They're like, we hope you lose, and we hope your team has a rotten day. But like, come on in, enjoy it. Like pack, like Wisconsin Packers fans. They're 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 super cool. That's cool. Anyway, uh, all right. Another stat that stood out. Next one: nine
1: QB hurries, um, zero passes defended. Um this combination was was the same stat combination that was mentioned in recapping um the first game for the Vikings against the 49ers. The Vikings racked up nine quarterback hits, nine passes defended against the 49ers, zero passes defended in this one. I he does note in this that the Eric Kendricks one on the go, on the play where yeah um they had the touchdown but Kendricks does knock it out. That was not recorded as a pass defended, but I mean, it seems like that was a pass defended, right?
0: Yeah. I, mean, I think that's a pass defended. Uh, yeah. For some By reason, the way, yeah. that pass was sick. That was it. Go un- back and watch it.
1: Yeah. That was an unbelievable play all around the <sighs> coverage of Kendricks and the pass from Rodgers. Oh, mean,
0: my God. Yeah. That was a great pass.
1: Rodgers was 30 of 42 for 281 yards and a touchdown. If you limit Rodgers under 300 yards, I don't
0: care what anyone says. Uh, I think- yeah. That's that stat line, I'll take that. Every week, uh-huh. if one I'm touchdown,
1: Aaron one touchdown, in 281 yards. I, you have a chance to win that game any day of the oh, week. Oh yeah. Even yeah. with the mistakes that we had early in the game, and the Vikings still totaled four sacks in this game. You don't yeah. even realize them all. Just, just, I mean, four. There were four plays, including that last one, where uh, Mackenzie Alexander comes in and makes a yeah.
0: huge play in overtime. Really good call by Zim right there to save that blitz for that moment. Super cool, um, and. You know, I got a couple of emails, Chris, from fans who, like, were like, what's up with our de- our defense? And I'm like, what's up with you asking what's up with our defense? Yeah, I mean. Our defense was awesome. They played great. Yeah, I mean, they turned a couple guys loose, and um, Rodgers had one touchdown. But, like, remember, special teams gave up the second touch or the first touchdown. Yep. Um and then, you know, we gave up a bunch of field goals. But like if, if Mason Crosby is the one doing the scoring when you play the Packers, that's good for you. A
1: hundred percent. I mean, he had to kick what did he what do you have, four field goals, and then obviously he missed the last one. Great call by Mike Zimmer icing the kick. Icing there. him, yeah. Was, yeah. I mean I mean, Kevin Burkhart was tricked out by that. The, was he the play by play commentator on Fox. He he called it as a as a Packers win. The Packers win on a Mason Crosby kick. And then he goes, oh, no, wait. And
0: he, he, he couldn't believe it himself.
1: Yeah. He's like, this game is never going to
0: end. Zim iced him at the buzzer, man. Zim
1: iced him, and then he comes back to kick it again and misses the next one. So that was, I mean, everything that could have went right for the Vikings there at the end, I really think went right until, obviously, the last play of the game. But, um, yeah, what a comeback effort for the Vikings. And we'll end it with this last stat of note. Jimmy Graham, the new tight end. For the Packers, obviously all, all those years with the Seattle Seahawks and the New Orleans Saints, he had 15.8 yards per catch. Big-time player for that team. Yep. Six catches um, and 95 yards on eight targets. So he had, a, he had a very good game.
0: Yep, that's right. All right, some NFL news and notes and, uh, and some breaking news. I got some breaking news for people, Chris. What's the breaking right. news? I, I'm, I'm, it's going to be last because by the, by some people are going to be listening to this and they're already going to know, so it's not really breaking for them. But it's breaking for us as we record this, so yep. I'll, I'll get to it last. Buccaneers start two and zero. Oh. They beat the reigning NFC champions and the reigning Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Your guy Ryan Fitzpatrick, Chris, eight touchdowns in two games. Fitz magic. Fitz magic and a sweet outfit at his at the podium at his press conference. Tampa Bay two and zero. Oh.
1: Yeah, they have. I mean, he really has this team questioning. Wow, uh, James Winston coming back and being the starter the the way he's playing. So what a. I mean, their offense is between Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson and OJ Howard had a big touchdown, the tight end out of Alabama Mm -hmm. in his second year. I mean, this offense is 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 a good offense. So.
0: Saints pull out a victory over Cleveland. I was watching this game um, or following it online while our game was going on. I'm like, O M G, the Browns' might. first win might be over the Saints. Yeah. Uh, no, they had some kicking problems, yeah. and uh, and the Saints pull out the victory. Our division, uh, our division foe Detroit goes to San Francisco and loses uh, a close game, 30 to 27. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jacksonville defeats the Patriots we watched that game on the plane on the way home from Green Bay thought maybe the Patriots had a comeback Bruin yeah and, uh Tom they Cough- sack fumble
1: Tom so. Coughlin has their number man. yeah
0: he's he's kryptonite for Tom Brady and Bill Belichick when it comes a bit.
1: to the, I mean he was he was the head coach of the Giants all those years yeah. in the two Super Bowls and now he's obviously um in that front office with the Jacksonville Jaguars so
0: yeah uh, the Chiefs are red hot. They're on fire. Patrick Mahomes, 10 touchdowns in two games. They beat the Steelers 42-37. to Case leads a comeback over the Raiders. Dramatic fourth quarter comeback for Case Keenum and the Broncos. They're, Des, they're Bryant, well. Des Bryant still is not on a team. And here's the breaking news. <laughs> Go ahead. Josh Gordon has been traded. He has been traded. Yes. You don't know this because you have not been looking at your phone, but I have my phone right here, and I got a notification from Adam Schefter. Josh Gordon has been traded to the Patriots for a fifth-round pick. Now, Chrissy, our resident Patriot hater,
1: (laughs) hates this. (laughs) I hate this.
0: Oh, my God. Josh Gordon to the Patriots.
1: See, I didn't know that until you literally just said it. I know. That's why I said. It's breaking news,
0: man. That's what we do here. We break news. How Uh, do they
1: just always keep getting guys (laughs) like that?
0: (laughs) I can hear it in your voice how disappointed you are How does the league let this happen?
1: I don't get it. What are you doing? How does
0: the league let it happen? They can't do anything about it. Ugh. All right, uh, let's get to some fan mail. All right, we're on to the fan mail segment. The first one is from Jeff.
1: Count me among the guys that agree Zim was right to send DC into kick with four seconds left, and take a, rather than take a couple shots to the end zone running down the clock. Too many bad things can happen when you throw in that spot. Sack, interception, injuries, fumble. If you kick, you only have a couple of bad things that could happen, and one of those things did happen. Not on Coach Zim for throwing. Skull says Jeff.
0: Yeah, I hear Jeff right there. You know, in the moment I was like, ah, I wish we'd go to the end zone here a little bit. Um, but Jeff is right, and I'm sure this is what Zim was thinking too. Like, the, you you assume risk too when, you know, the more aggressive you get, the more risk you're assuming. And, um, you know, you're relying on everyone to do their job. And if the kicker does his job, he makes that field goal. It's a 35 yarder. It's not a big ask. It's not 52 yards by Mason Crosby, you know, at the buzzer. It's 35 yards, uh, rookie or not, that that kick should go through the upright. So, um, but I have to admit, in the moment, I was like, oh, let's try and get in the end zone here. Yeah. Let's not rely on the kicker. Um, But,. You know, I, I, I mean, I, uh, I, I hear what Jeff is saying here, and I think Jeff is right. So, all right, next question.
1: Next one from Nate. So, I'm sitting here getting ready to watch the Vikings play the Packers when I get a notification on my phone about the final inactives list for each team. I check it and see that the Vikings have players like Rock Thomas, Mike Boone, and Jalen Holmes listed as inactive. Why is that? They aren't injured, as far as I know. Why wouldn't they want to have all the options at running back and get get Holmes in there for some added depth on the defensive line? School.
0: Really good question here by Nate, and this is why we love our Wobcast listeners and our, our folks who come to Vikings.com and, and submit questions because they're asking great questions beyond just the surface-level stuff. So here, here's the deal. Um, rosters are, are 53 men during the regular season. But on Sunday, on on the day of your game, so for the Vikings it was Sunday this week, you have to reduce that roster to a 56-man active roster. So seven guys are inactive every Sunday. You don't have a choice. And the reason the league does that is it, it levels the playing field so that if a team has a lot of injuries, it's not in a severe disadvantage over a team that might not have any injuries. Because yep. if, if, if you're allowed to have all 53 guys active, then the team you're playing, if it's got five guys who are hurt, it's not fair that it's 53 on 48. Yeah. That's not fair. So it makes the league makes everyone reduced to 46. So that it's always 46 on 46. So that, that's why that happens. Mm-hmm. So yep. the Vikings didn't have a choice. They have to make seven guys inactive, and those are the guys they chose this week.
1: All right, next one from Paul P. from Seattle, Washington. Can you explain the decision to fair catch a punt when it, when it is inside the 10-yard line? Is there an option to let it go, or is it beneficial to catch it? Is it up to the players or coaches to make that decision? I, I saw Cheryl's fair catch the first punt around the 8 today. So yeah, right.
0: yep. Um, this is a situational thing. Every, everyone's different. Now, a lot of the times the cardinal rule is put your heels on the 10, and if you got to back up, then you know you shouldn't catch it. Yeah. But if if it's one of those pooch punts where you know the punter is kicking it is punting it from like the 50 or maybe even like his own 40, you know that he's got a good shot to land that thing inside the 10 yep you know sometimes catching it at the eight is worth it as opposed to letting it bounce at the eight and then they down it at the two or the three or the one for sure you know so it's it's something that the punt returner has to use his judgment on every punt. By and large the rule is, Stand at the ten. If it's going, if you got to back up, just let it go. Let it That's go. generally the rule, but there are there are exceptions to that.
1: And so. we did see Mike Hughes do that on one play, if I'm correct, and the ball bounced into the end zone there. At right, the end. and yeah. that was the right you move, touch, right? Yep. Yeah.
0: So uh, a punter hates touchbacks. Is yeah, Got to remember, punters don't want touchbacks. Yep. Kickoff guys, they like touchbacks. Absolutely, touchbacks are big. When you're punting, you do not want touchbacks. Uh, you're trying to land that ball at the ten yard line or even inside of it if you can. So. Uh, Good questions there uh, by Paul and Nate and Jeff. We appreciate you guys writing in. So anything else? I think that's it. What a a – a second game, and obviously yeah. we look forward to playing the
1: Buffalo Bills. And yeah, we home. got the
0: Bills. We got the Bills coming to town here. The Vikings play the AFC East this year, so that means games against the Patriots, Jets, Dolphins, and Bills. Yep. Our first AFC opponent of the season Not, is the Buffalo Bills.
1: And and now we'll see Josh Gordon when we go to oh, the Patriots yeah, that's right. in right. Foxborough.
0: That's right. We will. Um, that's later in the season. For yep. now, we got to worry about Kelvin Benjamin, and rookie quarterback Josh Allen. LaShawn well, McCoy may not play in this game. Yep. On defense, you've got Jerry Hughes yep. and Kyle Williams, and um, they have a really sweet cornerback. What's that corner's name that they got? Do you know who they don't have in, who, the, in oh, the secondary? Who do they not have? Oh, yeah. Vontae Davis.
1: <laughs> yeah, he retired at halftime yeah. <laughs> this week. Interesting move. <laughs> yeah, Interesting he, move. He decided to call quits on his NFL career yeah. uh, in, the, in the middle of the game this Interesting week for move. the Bills.
0: Yeah. So we get to see our friend Leslie Frazier, who's the Bills defensive coordinator, and a, a Buffalo Bills team that has started the season 0-2 and will be very anxious to get back on the winning tracks so with the Vikings. With big games coming up against the Rams and the Eagles, cannot overlook these Buffalo Bills, the Vikings. We'll look to get back on the winning track as well here as they welcome the, uh, the Buffalo Bills uh, to U.S. Bank Stadium. Vikings and Bills. That game is Sunday at noon. Of course, you can hear it on the Vikings Radio Network. Paul Allen will have the call along with Pete Bursich, Greg Coleman, and Ben Lieber will be on the sideline. The Vikings pregame show on the Vikings Radio Network will begin at 10 a.m. That, of course, is hosted by Mike Musman. In the meantime, make sure you stay tuned to Vikings.com for constant coverage of your favorite team. Download the Vikings app if you haven't already. A lot of you listen to the Wobcast on the Vikings app, but for those of you who listen to the Wobcast via another platform and don't have the Vikings app, we encourage you to, to download it. That's how you get into the game with your tickets, and that's how you listen to the best Vikings coverage and content around because we deliver our content straight to your favorite mobile device via the vikings app make sure you download it right now okay that's gonna do it we thank brian o'neill for joining us on today's wabcast and i thank chris corso for producing and co-hosting and i thank you all for listening this episode of the wabcast is over enjoy the week everyone have a good day enjoy the game sunday we'll talk to you next week